Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Nicholas Mancini, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Mary Parish in Louisville. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. Good to be with you. It's great to have you back again. This week we've been discussing the liturgy and its importance, so uh, let's again define liturgy and then talk about uh, the symbols and the signs and the gestures and the words. Again, Father, what is the definition of liturgy? Uh, liturgy is our offering ourselves to Christ through the sacrifice of the Mass. We come to Holy Mass, the priest in the persona Christi of Christ, the altar Christus, offers the gifts of bread and wine that are transformed into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we come into the essence of word and sacrament, uh, the first part of the liturgy is the liturgy of the Word. We hear the Holy Word of God in the Sacred Scripture. The liturgy of the Eucharist, through the offering of the gifts and the prayers of the priest and the transformation of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus Christ, we come then into the fullness of Christ's love and receive him in the Eucharist, his own flesh for us to eat and his blood to drink. So then we look at, then, why are there so many signs and symbols in liturgies? Well, God knows that we men are not only spiritual, but also bodily creatures. We need signs and symbols in order to perceive and describe spiritual or interior realities. Whether it is a red rose, a wedding ring, black clothing, whatever. We always express interior realities through signs and are understood immediately. The incarnate Son of God gives us human signs in which He is living and active among us. Bread and wine, the water of baptism, the anointing with the Holy Spirit, our response to God's sacred signs instituted by Christ consists in signs of reverence, genuflecting, standing while listening to the gospel, bowing, folding our hands. And as though for a wedding, we decorate the place of God's presence with the most beautiful things we have, flowers, candles, music. In any case, signs are also required as the words that impart them. Okay. So we use our whole self, all of our senses, in order to experience God, but also to express to God our, our thanks for all that he's given us. Yes, yes, indeed. That is so true. And, uh, you know, um, as one of the acclamations at Mass, uh, the beautiful hymn of the angels, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That beautiful expression draws us into these signs and the wonders of the mystical presence of Christ. You know, once again, we were given a little foretaste of heaven and some idea of what it's going to be like 
when we get in the presence of God, and we get to do that forever. Yes. And again, actually join the angels and saints in heaven in, in worshiping our God and thanking him forever for giving us a share in his life. Mm-hmm. Question 182 asks, why do the sacred signs of the liturgy need words too? Well, celebrating the liturgy means encountering God, allowing him to act, listening to him, responding to him. Such dialogues are always expressed in gestures and words. Jesus spoke to men through signs and words. So it is in the church. Also, when the priest offers the gifts and says, This is my body, this is my blood. Only these interpreting words of Jesus cause the signs to become sacraments, signs that bring about what they signify. Okay. So why is there music at liturgies, and what kind of music must it be to be suitable for liturgy? Well, where words are not enough to praise God, music comes to our aid. Uh, We turn to God. There is always something infallible and unsaid left over. Music can help out. In rejoicing, language becomes song. That is why angels sing. Music in worship service should make prayer more beautiful and more fervent, move more deeply the hearts of all in attendance, and bring them closer to God, and prepare for God a feast of melody. Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the Lord with all your heart, as we see in Ephesians 5.19. Wasn't it St. Augustine that said someone who sings prays twice? Exactly. So, and I'm one of those that likes to sing. Not not that I have such a great voice, but it's just a, a beautiful way of expressing to God how how I feel. Right. And how we feel. And, and the songs, are, there's so many beautiful uh, uh, songs and hymns. And I'm thinking especially of like Christmas time. My favorite songs are Christmas songs. They're so beautiful and they're just joyful and happy. And, you know, you're singing your heart out. Right, right. The joy of singing. So how does the liturgy affect time? In the liturgy, time becomes time for God. Often we do not know what we do with our time. We look for a pastime. In the liturgy, time becomes quite dense because every second is filled with meaning. When we celebrate liturgy, we experience the fact that God has sanctified time and made every second a gateway into eternity. So that time belongs to him. Mm -hmm. And and another thing that I was taught uh, very early is that, that God is outside of time and space. Right. So we live in time and space, so it's hard to imagine what it's like not mm-hmm. to uh, have a deadline and not have things to do and places to go and have to be uh, certain places at certain times. God is outside of time and space. Right. Right. And that's the beauty of it. And that, I think, is going to be the joy of heaven. You know, knowing we're with God and there's no low limit, you know, no time. We don't have to rush anywhere. There we encounter the beauty of heaven, the angels, the saints. Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, you know, God himself, Jesus, the Spirit. It's the beautiful way of looking at 
the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 185 of the UCAT asks, why does the liturgy repeat itself every year? Just as we celebrate a birthday or a wedding anniversary each year, so too the liturgy celebrates over the course of a year the most important events in the Christian salvation history. With one important difference, however, all time is God's time. Memories of Jesus, life and teaching, the encounters with the living God, as we pointed out just a moment ago, so that everything belongs to him. Following the church year in faith makes us indeed contemporaries of Jesus, not because we can imagine ourselves so precisely as part of his time and of his life, but rather because he comes into my time and my life. If I make room for him in this way, with his healing and forgiving presence, with explosive force of his resurrection. Wow. And again, I think sometimes we, we can forget what Christ had to suffer so that we can actually have an opportunity to enter into heaven. Right. You know, Christ's suffering in his death and then ultimately his resurrection and victory over sin and death. So 186 asks, what is the liturgical year? What is the church year? And how is that determined? Okay. The liturgical year or the church year, the mysteries of the life of Christ from his incarnation to his second coming in glory on the normal course of the year. The liturgical year begins with Advent, the time of waiting for the Lord, and has its first high point in the Christmas season and its second ever greater climax in the celebration of the redemptive suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ himself at Easter. The Easter season ends with the Feast of Pentecost, the descent of the Holy Spirit on the church. The liturgical year is repeatedly interrupted by feasts of the Lord, Mary, and the saints, in which the church praises God's grace, which has led mankind to salvation. So when we look at this, we could see an overall of the church year. Um, for example, let's just let's take a few of them that we could say here. Uh, Ash Wednesday, the Annunciation, Palm Sunday of Holy Week, Easter, the Ascension, Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, Corpus Christi, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Transfiguration, the Assumption of Mary, Exaltation of the Holy Cross, All Saints, All Souls, Christ the King, the Immaculate Conception of Mary, Christmas, Baptism of the Lord, Epiphany, all of these things blend into the liturgical year to add beauty and solemnity and dignity and praise to our God and His Son and the Spirit. It's just like when, uh, as a Legion of Mary member, I pray the rosary every day. And each day there's uh, certain mysteries that we meditate on and reflect mm -hmm. on in the life of Christ. And it's the same thing with the church here. We, we do it over and over because we can't be reminded enough of what Christ did for us. And again, it's, it's a reminder of all the different things. And the same thing with the saints. Right. Uh, 
I love to get on my app. I have uh, the Franciscan Media Saint of the Day, and mm-hmm. then uh, Saint Raphael Bookstore here has uh, Catholic Fun Facts, which is uh, sometimes a different Saint of the Day. And in learning the lives of the saints, we learn how ordinary people had an extraordinary love of God and a love of Christ so much so that many of them gave their lives for Christ. Yes, yes, indeed. Great. So we've been listening to Father uh, Nicholas Mancini. Sometimes I want to call you Henry Mancini. <laughs> You're no relation, is no there, relation. Okay. And we've been going through the UCAT and the liturgy and what we believe as Catholics. Uh, don't forget about the Living Bread Radio app for your Apple or Android device. It's available free at the iTunes Store or Google Play Store. Just look for Living Bread Radio and download it. Father, can we have a blessing before we go today? Yes. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you and fill you with his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. And also we have hundreds of past Faith uh, with Father shows archived, and we're now podcasting all of the new shows. You can subscribe right on our website, livingbreadradio.com. Go to the Programming tab and click on Faith with Father. Until next time, this has been Tim Perry. God bless you. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.